Hello there. I'm Sam Frankie Fox, host of the Night Shift podcast. This is a podcast designed for people, parents, carers, anyone awake at night, busy soothing little ones, wanting some company. Welcome to the third story episode where I'll be reading the third and final part of the following by Emily Ayres. Make sure you listen to parts one and two before tuning into this one. But if you're in the right place and ready, Night Soothers, let's find out what happens next for Sarah and little Anton. Where has their night visitor taken them? Together, let's tune in with the rhythms of The Night Shift. The following by Emily Ayres Episode 3 We are in a woodland clearing surrounded by rolling hills as far as the eye can see all studded with huge granite boulders. I can smell salt and seaweed, so the sea can't be far away, but I can't see anything but hills. A warm breeze drifts through and lifts the bottom of my dressing gown, and I'm suddenly reminded of a holiday I had, before Anton was born, when I stood on the balcony of my hotel room each night and looked out to sea. Trees lilt slightly in the breeze, Birch, maybe, or ash with delicate oval leaves. Mum would know. Heavy clusters of small purple berries hang from their boughs, like balls of poisonous bubblegum. I wish Mum was here. I wish someone, anyone was here. I'm not cold, but I wrap my dressing gown tighter around me and gaze at the boulders. Atop each of them sit translucent spheres of varying sizes, like the ones the fox was holding. But these ones aren't spinning. Instead, it looks as though there is something moving inside each of them. The sight of this bubble landscape makes me dizzy, happy almost, as some long-lost memory from my childhood about playing with bubbles in the garden rises and bursts in my brain. The memory makes me think of Anton. I take him to an overpriced baby sensory class where a grinning woman wields a bubble machine and every time we enter the room with the bubbles, Anton squeaks in joy, wriggling in my arms and desperately reaching out to burst them. But Anton is not here. I can't see him anywhere. I look around for him, the panic and dread rising into my throat, making me choke back tears. I don't want to leave the spot I have appeared in, in case Anton is on his way here. But how would he know? I suddenly realise, if I don't know how we got here, how will we get home? Where is here? And where is home? And 
where is my baby, my little life? Tears prick at my eyes as I cast around for the fox, scanning for burnt orange amongst the sandy boulders and green hills. He must have the answers, but I can't see him anywhere either. I am alone. For the first time since Dad died, I feel completely and utterly out of control. Sobs begin to shake my body and I sink down to the floor, bereft. Leaning against the hard grit of the boulder, I put my head in my hands and cry, whopping great tears, the warm wind blowing over me. Maybe I'll live here alone forever and sleep amongst the boulders and bubbles. In between my sobs, I hear something. Some notes, a tune. A song plays in the air, drifting over to where I am sitting, as if from an old record player. It reminds me of an Edith Piaf song my dad used to play on Sundays after he had been to the pub. I remember there was a scratch on that record. I used to wait for it every time and jump just before it, so that it would seem as though I'd caused it. My dad would smile every time, though he'd seen me do it a thousand times. I stand up, looking for the source of the sound, but I can't see anything. No, wait. There is something. In the woods, something is moving, weaving through the tree trunks. Then more movement from other directions... Someone or something is gathering. I step towards the woods and feel eyes upon me. I hesitate, afraid, but I can't stop now. I have to find Anton. I shout, hello, it's me, Sarah, which makes me feel foolish, but I don't know what else to say. More rustling in the woods. I'm going in. I pick my way around the boulders and make it to the edge of the woods a flash of orange, a streak of yellow I take a deep breath and move towards the sound more rustling, faster now as if people are hurrying into place for a surprised birthday party Hello, I call out I'm looking for my baby, I add feeling a rush of shame at having lost him in the first place I step ever closer, deeper into the woods. My bare feet touch leaves and gnarled roots. Giggling, an echo of my name. Sarah. As if someone is practising saying it. I round an ivy-covered tree trunk and then I see them. There is a fox, standing on its hind legs, like mine but not mine. This one is smaller and her eyes are are a beautiful, gentle blue. Next to her stands an enormous bird, its highlighter yellow and green feathers each as long as my forearm and black, shining eyes. She seems to nod a little at me, though she also seems nervous. And next to her, an otter, 
sleek and huge like an elephant seal, also standing, and the tallest of the three. The otter is cradling something, and the others are leaning over to peek at it, forming a circle. They turn to me, and I feel the radiance of a smile wash in my direction. Though when I look directly at their faces, I don't see a smile on any of them. Their circle opens, just a little, and the otter holds out her hands to me. In her paws sit one of the spheres, smaller than any of the ones on the boulders. It is glowing, a little soft pink ball. Inside it something moves. She offers the sphere to me eagerly, and the others take a step away. I reach out my hands and she places the sphere in them. It is surprisingly heavy, not like a bubble at all, more like a paperweight, and a little bit porous, as though it's made from water. It glistens as I bring it closer to look inside. My heart flickers and bumps inside my chest. Inside the sphere, I can see Anton, and myself. We are sleeping in what looks like a hospital bed. He is tiny and I seem huge, triumphant in my sleep. I lift my head from the ball and offer a grateful, breathless smile to the group, nodding and holding the ball up, repeating, Yes, yes, yes. They are nodding now too, and I take another step to them, but they part and move away from me, and I am momentarily confused before I realise they are revealing a path along which are more of the spheres, palely shining, hanging in the air as though suspended by invisible strings. The highlighter bird opens a giant wing, marked with beautiful specks of grey. I understand, though I don't know how, that I am to follow the spheres. I walk through them along the path and they close the circle again behind me watching closely, then follow me again. Is this what it feels like to get married, I wonder, rustling bridesmaids following behind you, walking into the unknown? This is more of a nightmare version, though, where you've forgotten to wear your wedding dress and instead you're wearing your dressing gown. The next sphere is larger than the first and glowing a peachy colour. It is at head height, and so I don't have to reach for it to see in. Inside is Michael. His back to me, holding a small boy in his arms who is crying. His knees are scratched and one is bloody. It is Anton again, but he is maybe four or five. I move around to the opposite side, and I can see Michael's face. He is smiling and comforting Anton, patting him on the back. I feel a surge of affection and a choking sensation in my throat. Why aren't I there? I turn back to my followers and they nod, gesturing me to carry on. I do, deeper into the woods. Next is a small sphere the size of a satsuma, glowing a pale blue at knee height. I lean down. Here is a small girl with pigtails, playing with a frog in an overgrown garden. She is poking it with a stick to make it jump, and then she turns her head and calls to an old man who is standing in a doorway. My grandfather. 
so this must be me. I remember that garden. It was frightening and exciting in equal measure and seemed to go on forever. Watching the scene, I feel a surge of lightness in my body, as if I've been lifted up a little. A clicking sound from the otter. Time to move on. I automatically look at my watch, which is not on my wrist. I must have lost it or taken it off somewhere. Where the watch should be is now a little mark, like a tattoo or a smudge of ink. There is another higher up towards my elbow. I rub at them, but they are stuck fast. The next two spheres show me my teenage years, dancing with Sid Monroe at the school disco, lights twinkling and lying on my bed writing my diary, my feet in the air. I laugh out loud. And again the lifting sensation as more marks appear on my other arm, these ones more rounded and veined like leaves. It is growing darker and colder. I must hurry now. A huge sphere hangs before me next and I have to climb up onto the branch of a tree to see it. This feels easy and I suddenly realise I can't feel any pain in my joints. I stretch my arms out to the sphere. Nothing. I bend sideways to move my hips. Nothing. I'm giddy, amazed. I laugh out loud. The women animals chirrup and cackle, nodding. In this sphere there is a woman asleep in an armchair, a bright blue feather in her lap, resting in the pages of a book with a red cover. I realise, with a burst of joy, that it's my mum. By her feet a child plays, pushing a car along the carpet. More marks, coming faster now twisting around my ankles and the ends of my fingers. I'm being marked, and with every mark, more lightness, less pain. I scurry down the branch and back to the ground, eager to see the next sphere, to feel lighter still as darkness thickens around me. The spheres before me grow brighter. I almost run to them, swallowing them up in my mind. Anton is a tall boy, laughing at a dinner table, mum hanging Christmas lights outside her house, dad and me arm-wrestling, him letting me win. A skipping race at primary school, where I fell and the teacher helped me up, brushing the dirt from my skirt. I am laughing now. I am so young, so light and free, so buoyed up with memories. And then, up ahead, a giggle. Anton. I run, not even looking into the spheres as I pass them now, right into the heart of the wood and stop, breathless and flushed, my hair knotted, my feet bare, my body tattooed and light as a feather. The fox stands in the centre of the wood, surrounded by spheres of every size and colour imaginable, all glowing and filled with memories, all mine. Anton is in his arms, reaching for the spheres, laughing. Anton, I call happily, running up to them. But I stop. I don't know why, a few feet before them, I am suddenly confused 
and I looked down at my feet, dirty and marked. I don't... I don't want to go back. I want to stay here. Please let us stay here, I beg. The fox smiles and hands Anton to me, who looks at me curiously, as if he doesn't quite recognise me. You can come back here any time you choose to. I will come and get you, he says softly. But how will I contact you? How will you know? He moves to the yellow bird and waits as she plucks a feather from her chest with her long beak and hands it to him. He passes it to me and says, I am yours and you are mine. I'll know. I nod, clutching the feather in both hands. Then I kiss Anton on the head, smelling the sweet smell of him. Okay, baby, I say. Shall we go home? I invite Mum and Michael over for tea, telling Michael to bring a bucket of chicken and chocolate ice cream and Mum to bring those mermaid postcards. Listening to Mum tell us all about the mermaids, I rest my head against the sofa and close my eyes. The ice cream feels good against the inside of my mouth, my teeth and gums aching with the cold of it. Anton sleeps upstairs, dreaming of foxes and boulders and bubbles, the yellow feather shining in the darkness on the shelf above. And that's it. The final episode of the following. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed reading it for you. If you'd like to listen to more and stay up to date, please like and subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified of all new episode releases. Now, if you're still awake, settling your little one, you can tune in to the other story episodes. But if you're now ready to snooze, please check out our sounds collection for music and natural sounds to doze to. You can find more info on the creative process and people behind this project by visiting the podcast page on our website www.babiesadventuresinmusic.com or follow us on Instagram by searching the.night dot shift dot podcast on our website you'll also find details of our upcoming live shows and concerts if you enjoyed this episode then please do tell your family and friends about it it honestly makes a big big difference to the reach of this project if you can take a moment to like and subscribe go on it'll take like 10 seconds Help another night soother out there by recommending us to them. 
And if you really like what we do, then please consider supporting us directly by donating the price of a track download or even an album via the link in the description. Or help others find us by leaving a review. Support of any kind allows us to continue creating more of these beautiful stories and sounds together. The Night Shift is a baby's adventures in music podcast brought to you by Curiosity Productions. It is created by Fox and Rocha. That's myself, Sam Frankie Fox, and Ricardo Santos Rocha. I read the stories and we both make the music. Voice on stories recorded by James Cavell. Guest writers are Emily Ayres and Rochi Rampal. Our advisor on nature and nocturnal behaviour is Jane Grove. Podcast advisor is Holly Close. This podcast is made possible thanks to funding from Arts Council England, with additional support from Birmingham and Black Country Wildlife Trust and the Midlands Arts Centre. The Night Shift team would like to thank all of the families who helped us to develop this podcast through our focus groups. We're very grateful to them and the wider creative team for their advice, wisdom and generosity. Thanks so much for listening.